Welcome to the podcast of Bethel Mennonite Church in Gladys, Virginia. This message was originally preached October 30th, 2011 by Leon Yoder and is entitled, Preparing for Revival. Greet you all in Jesus' name this morning. And invite you to open your Bibles to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3. I want to notice the last two verses here at the beginning of, of the message. Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21. <clears throat> Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. This is a... um, the ending of Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3. And it is a remarkable prayer, and it is a, uh, it is a remarkable uh, and a profound uh, benediction as he closes. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. And he is emphasizing here that God is able to do. God is able to do. God is able to do far more than we can imagine. God is able to do far more than we can imagine. Above all that we ask or think. The power that works in us can accomplish that. And this is uh, his prayer. In the uh, in the prayer that he prays ahead of that. He prays some some uh, very lofty uh, things. For this cause, beginning at verse 14, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. How lofty could that be? 
Could that happen to me? Could that be our experience? Now unto him that is able, he follows. God is able to answer such prayers. And in his answering those prayers and working his power in us, it is for his glory in the church by Christ Jesus, Jesus throughout all ages. I thought of this uh, passage in relation to the revivals that we have coming up beginning tomorrow evening, as was announced. And I was thinking back to uh, revivals that I remember from years ago. And uh, even as a even as a as an adult and approaching the revivals and, uh, you know, busy with life. And here come the revivals and. I have so many things to do and and here's a whole week of meetings. And, uh, you know, we can look at these as kind of an endurance test. A test of our faith that, um, you know, we have these things to do that need to get done and that we want to do or whatever. And we still know we should be at the revivals most of the time and. You know, it's going to be a hard week. Now, there are challenges. There are stresses. There are things that have to get done through the week. And there are even some sacrifices that will have to be made for that to happen. But I hope we can all look at it as an opportunity also, because really it is an opportunity. It's a very special opportunity It's not the only opportunities. We have many opportunities to uh, have revival, and we should. Uh, Just personal, our personal devotion should be revival for us. But to think of a concentrated week, uh, it's an opportunity. Well, for one, we're grateful that we have that privilege, that freedom to do that. And I want this morning to think about a few things that are necessary, I believe, for these meetings to to uh, be part of the answer to this prayer that Paul prayed for the church and for us, and that I hope is our prayer and our desire as well for this to be profitable. And when I say profitable, I mean as in personal spiritual growth and fervor. I, I need that. I need more of that. Uh, 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 that there would be, uh, like that song says about the world growing strangely dim. And, uh, and God more real and near to us. That, that would be profitable. That there would be a greater personal deliverance and victory over any um, besetting sin or temptation, and that there would be a stronger affection for fellow believers and uh, a greater love for the lost. I believe God would, if, if there's progress in any of those areas in our life, I think that would be profitable for us. I know it would. And uh, it would be part of answering this prayer of Paul's. And if that happens to us as individuals, it will be profitable for the church. 
and it would be profitable for lost souls also. These meetings, uh, someone could come and find the Lord. Let's pray that happens. Or just from seeing, uh, just from the world seeing the people that come out of this place a week from now who are shining more brightly and uh, are uh, a clearer testimony of Christ and his power. Because God does want to to work in us and uh, he wants to work powerfully in us. And spiritual revival and growth is is not just a, a revival meeting project, like I said, but it, it should be a continuous pursuit as as disciples. Jesus called his disciples to holiness and more holiness. <clears throat> Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. And in the verses before, that's in verse 48, in the verses before, we have the Beatitudes. They're at the beginning of Matthew 5, the beginning of the sermon. And he talks about obedience, that our obedience, our righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees. He talked about our words and our relationships, how they should be holy. He talked about moral purity in uh, verse 27 and verse 33. He talks about swearing language. Then in verse 38, returning good for evil. And in 43, loving others. And then in uh, verse 48, be therefore perfect. Even as your father, which is in heaven, is perfect. The, uh, the Hebrew uh, counterpart to that word in the Old Testament is uh, one, one place would be Exodus 12 and verse 5, where it says, Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Without blemish is the way it's translated in, in Exodus. Did I say Ezekiel? I meant Exodus. And it's also used uh, in reference to a commitment to God, to complete commitment to God. In Deuteronomy 18, 13. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. In addition to being without flaw, uh, the Greek term also has the meaning I found of uh, being mature, of maturing, coming to maturity, full grown. In 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 20, Brethren, be not children in understanding, howbeit in malice be ye children. But in understanding, be men. That's, that's the word there. Be men. Be mature. And in Hebrews 5.14, But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Full age is, is the uh, word, same word as be ye thou therefore perfect. 
And that perfection is set before us as a, as a calling, that maturing. And in Hebrews 6, verse 1, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, that word again, Hebrews 6, 1. Go on, therefore, uh, unto perfection. In the Sermon on the Mount, uh, we're familiar with that, that sermon of Jesus. Jesus repeatedly said, It hath been said, you have heard, but I say unto you, was pointing the disciples to a higher standard of holiness, that ye may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven. All of these, these teachings and words of Jesus uh, pointing to the shining perfection of God. Jesus was the fulfillment of the law and the prophets and the prophets. He was the embodiment of truth. And Jesus, true disciples, follow him. And they pursue that perfection, not not just uh, wanting to be better people, but wanting to be like Jesus. They're the savior that they love and that they have a relationship with and that has cleansed them and brought them to this to this life. So Jesus said, be therefore perfect, even as your father which is in heaven is perfect. And the Father is perfect. He is unchanging, absolutely perfect. There's no need for the Father or for his Son to develop and grow. But for the disciples, that is a need. It was then and it is now. Disciples are to be changing, to becoming more perfect, be ye perfect, a growing toward that model, toward that goal. And I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. In the Lord's Prayer, we pray, forgive us our debts. And the Beatitudes include that promise. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Be ye therefore perfect. So we're here with this calling and with his promises. And this, this model of Christ, this calling of Christ is held before us. We see the term perfect again in Ephesians. Uh, in Ephesians 4, in verses 11 through 15, where he uh, says that he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. In verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints. Used there as a, as a verb, for the perfecting of the saints. For making them more mature. For helping them become more mature. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of God, that we henceforth be no more children, but now becoming more mature unto 
a perfect man for the perfecting of the saints. And I think that's what this week, that's what this week should be about, should be uh, uh, happening for us, a perfecting of the saints, growing in, uh, in Christ, growing spiritually. This uh, word, this this is interesting too. That uh, this word, uh, these words come from a word meaning to mend and repair. That perfecting, preparing, and putting to rights, like uh, like fixing up a ship that is damaged, or setting a bone that is broken. Um, in Matthew 4:21 and going on from thence he saw other two brethren Jesus calling his disciples James the son of Zebedee and John his brother in a ship with Zebedee their father they were mending their nets they were mending we need mending we need perfecting in Galatians 6 uh, verse 1 brethren if a man be overtaken in a fault Ye which are spiritual, restore such in one. Restore such in one in the spirit of meekness. That uh, mending, restoring, perfecting. For the mending, uh, repair, preparing for service, the saints. That they can minister till we all come in the unity of the faith. Unto um, full maturity. <clears throat> I think that some preparation is very important, very helpful. If we come unprepared to church services, if we come unprepared to this meeting, we may be stirred. Uh, Pray God, anyone who comes unprepared is stirred by God's spirit. Something can happen in our hearts. But I believe that if we come prepared, if we come already engaged with the Lord, even before the chorister announces the first song number at the beginning of the service, that we get more from the service. And and number two, we contribute more to the service. We don't have to be the preacher to contribute to a service. <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, uh, Gabriel brought a message here and and he read from uh, Luke chapter 11. I'd like to read from that, that passage again. Luke chapter 11. Beginning at verse 9, a familiar, familiar passage, <clears throat> but let's think of it in relation to, relation to these meetings and to desire, to our desire and asking God to work. Verse 9 of Luke 11, and I say unto you, ask. And it shall be given you. 
Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And it is the Heavenly Father to whom we pray. It was the Heavenly Father that Paul was praying to there in Ephesians 3. How much more shall your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? And uh, go with me also to John uh, 15, also a familiar passage. John 15, uh, beginning at verse 7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Remain in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. <clears throat> I believe these are good check passages for us in terms of our desire and our commitment. And, uh, you know, I think the Holy Spirit comes to those who pray and ask and those who obey, those who follow what he teaches and what he shows us. And you notice how uh, Jesus, how clearly here in John 15, he links obedience and following him with abiding and communion with him. We can't overemphasize uh, the importance of prayer uh, and the difference that prayer makes in, uh, in revival for us personally and for, for others. You know, Paul saw prayer and people praying for him as, as important. In 2 Thessalonians, he said, Finally, brethren, Pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified. And uh, Gerald mentioned uh, 
our speaker as a, as a prayer request. We should pray for him. And I'm encouraging us to pray for him before tomorrow evening. And we prayed for him just a little while ago. But let's remember him in our prayers. He's got a long trip tomorrow from Minnesota. And he has, uh, uh, you know, travel can be distracting. And let's pray that uh, that that their their flight their flights. I'm not sure how many connections they have, but let's pray that pray that they have uh, good flights, uncomplicated connections, and that he's blessed. His wife Doris is coming along, and that uh, he's blessed and uh, you know is able to to travel undistracted. And that picking up the rental car goes smoothly and he finds his way here without any, uh, without any hassles or complications or getting lost. That would be a blessing. And more than that, for his heart, you know, that he would come with a burden for what he wants to share for us. That he would come uh, loving this congregation. I think that's important for a preacher uh, to be effective in in ministry to love the truth and love the people that he's ministering to. Caring about them. Not like Jonah, just coming with bad news and pretty cheerful about it, apparently. But a heart full and uh, spirit filled. We can pray for needs among us. And uh, if you can't think of any needs, uh, beyond yourself, well, pray for me. I have some. I have needs. Pray for our for our church and uh, people specifically, or or uh, just in general, and for personal needs, of course, your own. And pray that the adversary would be defeated. You know, uh, he he doesn't like meetings like this. He doesn't like any time when people meet in God's name and are looking for looking to God and and wanting a deeper walk with the Lord. Satan doesn't uh, want to see that. In Ephesians uh, chapter six, we have the spiritual armor listed there that we're told to put on praying always praying always. So a little challenge for us, well, a big challenge, whatever size challenge it is for you, but uh, I think it would be good for us to devote a little time, however much time you feel God would have you spend each day praying about these meetings. And I think that uh, if we pray sincerely, that two things um, will, well, numerous things can happen, but... One is that that uh, we will that God will work, you know, around us. God will work through the it will affect the the Bob Stauffer and it will affect our congregation as we pray for them or for people that come. And second, it will it will affect us. It will bless us and it will affect how how uh, how rich the uh, the meetings are for us.
We need to pay attention. While we're here, are we attentive? You look attentive here this morning. But, uh, you know, appearances aren't everything, are they? I assume you are. I have trouble. I I have to uh, put some effort into concentration. I'll be honest with you. And one important part of communication, and this week we pray that there is a lot of communion with God. And one part of communication is listening, isn't it? It's not just us praying to God, but it's listening to God. His word as it is read and messages as they're as they're preached. <clears throat> we can ignore. We can uh, pay attention for a few minutes. I remember Dave Gingrich saying about somebody that was so poor he couldn't even pay attention. Well, I don't think any of us are so poor. There was a teenager one time who went with a group of young people to some place where there was an older couple that they were, I don't know whether the couple had invited them to their place or what, but this boy was really impressed with with how they listened to the youth and how they listened to him. And he told his dad about it. And his dad said, but son, I listen to you. I listen to you. I know, Dad. You listen, but you're always doing something. You're always doing something while I try to talk to you. And all you ever say is yes or no, or I'll think about it. You, you don't really, you don't really, uh, you don't really listen like they listen. And that dad spent the, uh, the next weeks working on listening. And uh, I was impressed with that in that little book, uh, The Twilight Stories. Uh, the author told me, uh, Johnny Rule told me that, you know, he thinks that's one thing that's lost is the uh, is listening. And in that in those stories, in that book, every time that Twyla went to the to the pastor's place or to the leader's place to ask him for counsel, he would be doing something. He would lay down what he was doing. He would turn away from whatever else he had been paying attention to and stop and give her his complete attention. And the reason that he put that in the story, included that in the story, is because he feels that that's that's lost, uh, that that is uh, weakened among us, among our people. And it is something that needs attention. We can be preoccupied with other things when we come in God's presence like this or through these meetings or we can get so be so easily distracted when we are there to listen when we came to listen that's something else we can pray about that God would help our attention spans what would be some things that could help our Help us give good attention, some practical things. Well enough rest can be, um, can be helpful. That's kind of a practical thing. Become exhausted and worn out and been working outside all day and it's been chilly 
come into a warm place and sit down. That, that can be a little difficult. We need to set aside our cares. I think that takes some. Can help us just to make a, a conscious decision. Not just pray about it, but, you know, to, to consciously decide, I'm putting this all out of my mind. I'm paying attention to, to God. We'll want to have our Bibles along. Every one of us should have our Bibles along. Don't just come expecting the scriptures to be read and we'll hear them. You know, if we follow the scriptures as they're read in the Bible, it, uh, now I know sometimes, you know, they're going through verses here and there quickly. The, the preacher doesn't expect us to, to thrash around trying to f- find every place. But, uh, you know, the main sections that are being read, that helps. It helps to helps our concentration. It helps uh, to put it in our head. We're not just hearing it, but we're seeing it. Another thing that I've found uh, helpful is taking notes. And I know different people do that, and um, I find it helpful. I was at a minister's meeting this past week, Wednesday, and uh, the moderator, Ed Bean, some of you may know him, but um, he he encouraged that. He encouraged taking notes. He said, you know, you come to an all-day meeting and different speakers, and you hear a lot of things, and you're filled up, and you can only absorb so much. But if you take notes... You can go back and look at them later and kind of top it off again, refill from something that was given uh, at those meetings. And I have a little notebook that I've carried with me to to uh, revivals and special meetings usually. And, and so I have a number of uh, sets of notes from a number of past revivals. And I, I still go back to that notebook sometimes. And scan through um, uh, things that I jotted down that especially spoke to me, impressed me, or challenged me, and they stirred me again, and and blessed me. And they help our concentration too. I mean, while we're taking notes, they that can help our concentration. Is there something, I'll just open this up briefly. Is there something that you think of that you do that helps your concentration that uh, you want to share with the rest of the group? Bill. Thank you for mentioning that. Fasting, praying, that, that tells us, that tells God. That tells God that we're serious. It's a sacrifice. It's okay to eat. God expects us to eat. God expects us to be thankful for what we eat, thankful for food. But to set aside something that is um, that is good and right, setting it aside for to show God our seriousness. Uh, Just, you know, afflicting ourselves doesn't bless us. 
but if it's out of seriousness before God for uh, uh, and desiring something deeper with him, that shows God our seriousness. Thank you, Bill. Somebody else? Moms uh, of young children. Some of you have young ones on your laps right now. God bless you. That's a special challenge. And I like to see the dads taking, uh, take, sharing the load with that. Alert fathers that kind of lift, take turns, and uh, make it easier for mom. And older children can help to share the distraction that comes with having a squirming 10-month-old on your lap. Inviting others is a blessing. Thank you. Do that. Gerald encouraged us to do that this morning. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. That's a good point. Be here on time. A few minutes ahead, Bill. The, uh, the preacher said that he's uh, open to uh, supper appointments, but light meals, he said. Light meals. That's true. That can help with the, the sleepiness part and just concentration in general. Do you eat them in church? Before you come. Okay. Chocolate covered coffee beans. I've had some of those. They are good too, besides whatever benefits they might have. Okay. I think we can have a wonderful week. I know we can have a wonderful week. And, but we'll need to make it a priority. This, uh, this week and, and God's goals, God's purposes for this week, we'll have to make that a priority for us to get here and to be ready and to be contributing. But we can be confident. We can expect a good week. Because he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. 
You've been listening to Preparing for Revival, a message by Leon Yoder. This podcast is brought to you from the Bethel Mennonite Church in Gladys, Virginia. You can find us online at BethelMennoniteOnline.org. And feel free to tell your friends about it. Thanks for listening.